Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. I have with me today Professor John Johnson. He is a professor in the Department of Management. And he's also the chair of the board of the Sustainability Consortium. He's not only the chair, he's also the founder of the Sustainability Consortium. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, It's my pleasure. John, would you mind just giving a real brief overview of what the Sustainability Consortium is? And then I want to talk to you a little bit about the history of it, how you formed it, what you're doing today, and what you see the future of the consortium, but also your vision of the future and sustainability. Sure. So the brief view of the consortium would be it's a collection of companies, nonprofit organizations, of universities, and other organizations like trade associations and even a couple of government agencies from time to time who've gotten together to try and come up with a measurement reporting system for consumer goods. One of the biggest challenges in the sustainability arena, especially for retailers, historically has been getting good information on the environmental and social impacts on products has been really difficult, especially information that is consistent across multiple categories, across multiple issues and and that kind of thing, and that's grounded in science. So we all got together to develop this measurement reporting system, which is now up and running. It's used by Walmart and some other retailers, as well as by some organizations at other points in the supply chain as well. So that was started in 2009. We developed our system over the course of a few years after that. It rolled out and data is being collected and reported now. We're in our fourth year, I think, of, uh, of the actual use of the system. Well, I know the Sustainability Consortium offers lots of tools and services to help address product sustainability in a supply chain. And some of them include category sustainability profiles, key performance indicators, sustainability insights, visualization tools, etc. What is meant by a category sustainability profile? And apologies in advance for using all of these abbreviations I'm going to be using. The CSPs, as we call them, category sustainability profiles, are snapshots of the most important environmental and social impacts for a product category. And we cover about 110 or 120 product categories now, broadly defined. Uh, Most of what Walmart sells, for instance, is covered by our system. A category sustainability profile is a short document, a one or two page document that a buyer and a supplier can look at and in relatively short order understand what the biggest environmental impacts are, what the best practices are, and how some of those uh, practices might be assessed or measured that would be in the form of the KPIs. The entire philosophy of the consortium was grounded in the notion that we had to not only get a lot of complex information collected in a scientific way, as importantly, we had to make it uh, presentable and understandable to the decision makers 
in the business community who have a lot of things to do. So it has taken a tremendous amount of work on the part of our scientists and our other staff members to come up with a way to condense all that information into understandable form. On your website, you've got a really good coffee category sustainability profile. I like it. You include questions and response formats to create these key performance indicators. And there's lots of questions that have to be asked doing this kind of analysis. How did you go about coming up with these kinds of questions? Well, that's a really complex question, and I'm probably not the best person to answer, but I'll give it a shot. The measurement reporting system itself, and you're going to hear me use the word science about a million times here, but we evaluate everything against the scientific literature, the published scientific literature, at least that we can find. So if someone says for coffee that the highest impact is greenhouse gas impact is in transporting the beans or roasting the beans or something like that, those are reasonable hypotheses, but we don't really know until we vet the scientific literature whether or not those are credible claims. We also don't know whether one or another impact is particularly important for a product category until we evaluate it. So what we try and do is identify what we call the hot spots in a product life cycle. Then we try and identify best practices that address those hot spots, hot spots being the biggest impacts. And then using that combination of information, we come up with the questions and the question formats. One of the bigger challenges in in this work has been coming up with questions, performance indicators that are answerable by companies and supply chain members and that are quantitative. Ideally, you want to be able to measure things with some degree of precision. And what we found in the early going was that kind of information for most product categories simply doesn't exist. And so we've had to be very creative in figuring out how to ask questions that get good information, good enough information for those companies that don't have a lot of information, but also give latitude for companies that have a lot of detailed information to present that as well. Would you mind talking a little bit about the origins? How did you come up with this idea? Many people around here view you as a tremendous entrepreneur. Part of the entrepreneurial mindset is seeing problems and then taking advantage of them. You saw a problem that many other people saw, but you took uh, initiative to address it by getting different stakeholders involved, which was very complicated. And I was around. I remember when you were doing this, and I know it was a difficult process. It's arduous, yes. I'm a social network theorist. That's my research kind of methodological foundation. And social network theory is all about identifying individuals and mapping out either explicitly or implicitly the network of relationships that ties them all together and what the the structure of those networks look like. So I've always had that sort of perspective on life and I used that full force when uh, creating the consortium. As you mentioned, many people have identified the problem, which is getting good information on environmental and social impacts on consumer goods throughout their life cycle from all the way up in the supply chain, down through manufacturing, through distribution, through retail, into the consumer's homes, 
post-consumer everything, you really need to understand the entire life cycle impacts of a product. And that's a lot of information and requires a lot of uh, different people uh, providing input. What the problem was, and we actually had some pretty good ideas about how to go about answering the problem, how to actually create an organization and do it. That was the challenge. In the very early going, there was just sheer stupid luck. I happened to know Walmart's first uh, sustainability vice president, Andy Rubin. He was a friend, still is a friend. Um, and I just happened to know the two key consultants that they hired to help them with sustainability when I met on a river in Siberia. And I just happened to know all of those folks, and I kind of invited myself to the party because I've always had a, a passion for environmental sustainability. And in putting together a proposal for the University of Arkansas to work with Walmart, we came up with a center called the Applied Sustainability Center that was working on carbon, embedded carbon in supply chains, trying to understand better how they might act against carbon emissions. And in the process of doing that, got a much better sense of what would be entailed in expanding the measurement reporting process to multiple issues, not just carbon, but water and biodiversity, ecotoxicity, all those different things, as well as multiple product categories and et cetera. And so when the idea for the consortium came along, which originated when Matt Kissler was their senior vice president, we started building that network. And I know very little about sustainability science per se. I'm not an industrial ecologist. The value I brought was really in the management theory and the organization theory and how to try and build an organization. So we partnered with Arizona State University, which uh, is a tremendous school. They have a, a phenomenal sustainability program there. But two universities working together can be a challenge. And we had to work through that. And then we just went about building the network and, and fleshing it out, uh, creating a governance system, which was no small thing. Came up with a methodology in real time, using all of these experts that we were recruiting into the, the consortium. Created the systems in real time. Everything was built on the fly, basically. Um, to go back to the, the story of Jib Ellison, who is still a consultant to Walmart and is still probably more than anyone else responsible for the vision that Walmart had for sustainability and, and sort of how that's played out. He is a world-class raft guide. And that's how I met him. It was on a river in Siberia during the Chuya Rally. It was a whitewater race that had been happening in Russia for years in the 80s. Jib, he happened upon him um, when he was there just touring around the country one year and thought he would he would try and put together an international whitewater race on the Chuya River, and he did that, um, and I was a participant in that. So we I participated in the race, and then uh, I went on a little expedition afterwards, and Jib was on that. So when he showed up again 15 years later in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, I hadn't seen him since, and it, it blew my mind, and it blew his mind as well. It's an amazing story. It is, yeah. One of the things that I have always appreciated about your methodology and what you're trying to do, other than I'm interested in consumer products, is I, of course, look, look at things through a supply chain lens mm -hmm. and logistics. And I know that some of the metrics I've seen out there, I think, are erroneous because they ignore things. So, for example, if a company 
doesn't own their logistics system for many of these kind of KPIs and metrics, they would get penalized. Yet they may be more efficient by owning their own logistics system. No, some wouldn't, mm -hmm. but some would. And I really like the fact that you look completely up and down the supply chain. How did you come to that realization that you needed to do that? Again, it's not my insight. It's a, an insight from the industrial ecology community. There's a discipline called industrial ecology. And long ago, uh, they realized that if you really wanted to understand the environmental impact of a product, you couldn't just look at one point in the life cycle of the product. Probably the best example uh, that comes to mind is the difference between an incandescent bulb and an LED bulb. It takes a lot more energy to produce an LED uh, light bulb than it does to produce an incandescent light bulb. So if you look at so-called cradle-to-gate footprint, the, the footprint of a product from its origin, raw material extraction, through manufacture, distribution, retail, that's the gate, the retail gate, the LED light bulb would have a much bigger uh, carbon footprint than an incandescent bulb. And if you only made a decision based on that, you'd make a bad decision. If you look at the full life cycle of both products, obviously the LED light bulb has a much smaller carbon footprint than an incandescent light bulb because it's so much more energy efficient. And also it lasts a lot longer. That's true of every product. You can't look at just one point in the life cycle of the product. You have to look across the entire life cycle, identify the hotspots, those biggest impact areas, tally it all up, right? And then you can make a reasonable evaluation. And that, I think, is absolutely core to the idea of the consortium. You have to look across the spectrum. For food products, oftentimes it's on farm. For electronics, it's oftentimes in the home because you're plugging things in. For other products, it's post-consumer waste because of toxics in the environment. Very few, actually, oddly enough, very few products, hotspots, are in retail. The companies that are oftentimes held responsible for these things, the retailers, are oftentimes their own activities are a small piece of the, the impact that the product has on the environment as well. Interesting. John, what needs to happen to make all of this work? It's a really good question. We've built a system. So 10 years ago, when we started all of this, the conventional wisdom was companies weren't doing more on consumer product sustainability than they were because they didn't have good information. And it was really hard and really expensive to, to get that information. Well, we've created that system and that information is now available. What needs to happen next is for the decision makers, the gatekeepers, like the retailers, to begin to act more aggressively on that information, working to find ways to try and use their influence to drive sustainability up in supply chain. What also needs to happen is consumers need to start using this information in their own choices as well. So if you ask consumers if they care about sustainability, something like 75%, 80% will say yes, they do. If you ask that if they're willing to adjust behaviors and perhaps uh, pay more for it, the majority will say yes. But the reality is, as a consumer, it's very difficult to make those 
decisions in real time because you're, again, people are busy. They're flooded with information and everything else. So we need to continue to find ways to build tools that act on this kind of information and make it easier and more convenient for people to, uh, to shop according to the values that, uh, that they've got. What are you most optimistic about? Well, I'm optimistic about several things, actually. I tend to be pessimistic about a lot of things, but one of the things I'm optimistic about is there are more and more companies that are taking design very seriously in their products. And I think design is absolutely key to building and selling sustainable consumer goods. I think a well-designed product meets the needs of the consumer. We can't not meet the needs of the consumer. That's just a non-starter. But I think a well-designed product does that in a way that is both a joy to use and also is a more efficient, more effective product. So I'm very optimistic about what I'm seeing around design. I think it's a huge opportunity for the University of Arkansas if the University of Arkansas is to take its interdisciplinarity seriously, I think that's a huge opportunity. I'm also incredibly optimistic about what's happening in the power generation and power use worlds. More and more companies are shuttering coal-fired plants right now than ever before, not because of any ideological reason or anything else, but because the economics just aren't there anymore. And they're replacing it with natural gas, which is a good stepping stone fuel, but especially with wind and solar. Solar and wind are now economically competitive sources of energy, even without subsidies, in more and more different regions in the country and throughout the world. So we're going to see, I think, a geometrically increasing rate of power generation from renewable sources over just the next few years. The University of Arkansas just let a uh, a concert with a local energy efficiency firm here that is going to save the University of Arkansas a great deal of money, and it's going to shrink our carbon footprint considerably over the next few years and improve quality of lighting and uh, the environment. Now, I know you founded the Sustainability Consortium, and you built it into a, the organization that it is today. Would you mind saying just a few words about how it its output is being used? It goes back to the question of uh, impact going forward. The way it is used by Walmart right now, Walmart requests that their major suppliers report into a database that's managed by SAP at the moment against those performance indicators. They take those uh, and generate scores for their suppliers based on their product category performance. So it's not just at the, the level of the company, this is at the level of the product category. And then they can take those scores and compare them with competitors, with their, uh, their other suppliers for conversations in buying rooms. They can also reward their top performers, et cetera, using that kind of information. So the performance indicator score, Walmart calls it the index, is one way that uh, it can be used to score companies. Other retailers that are members of the consortium, like Marks and Spencer, don't really care so much about the performance indicators, but they use the CSPs, the category sustainability profiles, 
and other information that we've developed from the research that we've done on the products uh, and product categories to inform their own procurement policies and systems. And we have Walgreens and Kroger, which use some very uh, combination of that information and scores for a smaller category, product category portfolio. So a lot of different ways that it can be used. John, there's a lot of organizations doing measurement and reporting in this space. What is unique about the Sustainability Consortium? That's a really important question for us, of course. Anyone who's in a competitive space, and this is a competitive space, needs to ensure that they're doing something unique. The way I describe it, what makes us different is we're multi, multi, multi. We're multi-issue, so it's not just about carbon, it's not just about biodiversity and wildlife, it's not just about water, it's not just about ecotoxicity, it's about all of those environmental impacts, as well as a few social impacts. So we're multi-issue, we're multi-sector. There are uh, a few different organizations out there that are sector-specific that are coming up with these kinds of systems. The best example is uh, the Sustainable Apparel Coalition, which is, as the name implies, focused just on the apparel industry, and they've done fantastic work. We partner with them, and we use their research and their their knowledge uh, in developing our performance indicators in cooperation with them. Electronics has, has systems. There are a few other industries that are out there. But we're the only organization that I'm aware of that is as broadly multi-sector as we are. So that's our second uh, multi. We're also a multinational or international. We have a fantastic partner in Europe, the University of Wageningen, which has helped us a great deal in developing systems that, uh, that can be used by European retailers. And we've got some other partners that are around the world as well. So we are multinational as well. And then we're actually just a, a fourth multi, if you want to get really multi about it, we're multi-stakeholder in the sense that we're not just corporations, we're not just universities, we're not just NGOs, we're all of the above. So on our board of directors, we have five corporate members who are elected by the membership. We have three NGOs, World Wildlife Fund, Nature Conservancy, uh, Environmental Defense Fund are on our board of directors, as well as three universities on the board of directors. So that helps bring a lot of balance and integrity, I think, to the, to the process. John, thank you so much for sharing about the Sustainability Consortium. Always a pleasure to speak with you, Matt. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Be Epic podcast from the Walton College. You can find us on Google, SoundCloud, iTunes, or look for us wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can find current and past episodes by searching Be Epic Podcast, one word, that's B-E-E-P-I-C podcast. And now, be epic.